0: Hello and welcome to Off Track, the podcast talking sport performance, athlete lifestyle and navigating your 20s. I'm Bron. And I'm Leah. And today we're talking about dealing with injury. How have you been feeling this week?
1: Well, I'd love to say better, but probably the same as last week. Still in lockdown, not much has changed. Feels like Groundhog Day every day, doesn't it? (laughs) Just same just old.
0: also, just before recording, Leah just asked me, "Is it Groundhog Day or Ground Dog Day?"
1: <laughs> I was definitely going to say Ground Dog. But I just don't quite hear sometimes.
0: You know, someone says something fast. I then interpret like what that sounded yeah, like. I always and... get the wrong saying as well. I know what Groundhog Day means when people say it. I think, but I don't actually really know what it means. I know it's a difficult one, and I've been bold
1: enough to actually use it right now so i should be able to explain it but (laughs) my interpretation is that it's just same thing every day nothing much is
0: changing. that's not what i
1: need. i mean if we're wrong
0: i'm thinking of like i don't know why i'm associating this we could cut this if this is really horrendous but i associate groundhog day with like broke back mountain or something. I don't know why my brain associates those right. of things. Um but I'm not I don't know I'm what wondering what that really there is. <laughs> um also this just reminds me as well this is just like completely off topic. But do you ever have when you're like trying really hard to so say you're doing like a rep. I don't get it so much on like easy runs, but like if I'm working really hard, I feel like my brain goes into like I think it's when it's in oxygen debt or something. My brain has like weird words that come into it like really <laughs> randomly do you have this i can't say i do know but, but do <laughs> but, tell so like the only person that's told me they have this as well is beth but i have when i'm trying really hard i'll just have like a word come into my head that's like i didn't really even know that i knew because it's quite like a big word so it's not related to sport or motivation no it's- no, no it's like my brain is just having a moment It might be somewhere, like, I've been to eat or something, so it might be, like, Bengal Brasserie. Just Bengal Brasserie over and over in your head. But I'm just... It's just, like, a condition. But Beth told me that she's had, like, Catholicism before. I used to have Perry Shakespeare. Oh,
1: my gosh. So So random, but But it's weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, carry on with how you've been feeling this week. I think
1: everyone we've spoken to, if it will both say this, that people have been struggling a bit in January, haven't they? Well, when this goes out, we'll be into February. But um, I think this lockdown is probably the hardest one, I would say, just because the weather's been pretty horrendous. Pretty dismal. Snow is nice when you look at it out the window first thing in the morning, but then the reality of snow a few hours later is
0: like, oh. I think snow abroad, great. Snow in Britain, nah you can't do your daily tasks yeah you know and we can't we're not equipped we're not equipped
1: <laughs> and especially me which I'll go into in this podcast with two dodgy hips <laughs> I just slip as well I'm not very yeah. stable
0: it's like the weather or say like snow overnight have the grit has been out probably not no and it's like we never knew and it's just a surprise but like abroad, they're just on it. Everyone's got their snow chains,
1: and I feel it's like it, it. We're not made for it. We're not. And snow abroad, it stays there for like a few weeks, and it's just consistent. But recently, it could have been like nine degrees, and then the next day, it's minus one and snow.
0: How do you prepare for this? Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's like the it's weather's difficult. having a bit of a up and down with their emotions. You yeah, know I mean? like- hormonal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've both been pretty similar, I think. I think it's not having anything to look forward to and it just feels bleak with the fact that we literally can't leave the country for the foreseeable. People can't look forward to holidays. People can't even look forward to trips in Britain because we don't know even when that will be allowed.
0: Yeah, we don't know when just we'll be like, allowed out of our town. Looking you forward know? to going to like tea at someone's house or that yeah. kind of
1: thing. I think it's it's always hard when there's not like an end in sight because when you've got an end date to something, you can work towards it and stuff. But this has been a really tough lockdown. I think.
0: Yeah, it is just boredom for me. I think now. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll pass. We go, we go for
1: ups and downs anyway, don't we? So hopefully, as the weather starts to get better as well, because I think the weather impacts people's mood massively too. So. Yeah, that's
0: true. And the lights, no, I keep, I can't say that phrase. The lights are getting nighter. The nights are getting lighter. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> I say that every that single one. time. <laughs> also, the past week as well, I've had a little bit of a niggle, which has probably affected my mood. Not bad. Like I've still been able to train roughly okay. But I've had a bit of a trap nerve and it's just annoyed me. Which brings us on to the general reality of being an athlete, which is like, I don't feel like you're ever 100%. Like you're always carrying something or yeah. like just aching. I actually can't remember the last time that my body didn't just hurt.
1: I know. And <laughs> you get used to that feeling and that becomes the norm. And sometimes I actually think with niggles, which is why they eventually turn to injuries, You can't like distinguish sometimes what's just pain from the fact that you're training that much or actually there's a problem here and you do just push through more often than not, don't you? And it's that balance of like making sure it's just a niggle that you look after or pushing through it and it could turn to an injury.
0: Yeah. And it is hard to like actually work that out in your head because it's always with hindsight that you're like, I shouldn't have pushed that. And I like to think compared to when I was younger, I'm a bit more sensible with stuff like that because I'm like, take a couple of days off, wait for it to get better. And then that's going to save taking two weeks off. Yeah. But it's hard to actually like realize, you know, like when it is you need to take a day off. It's hard to make that decision yourself because as well, as
1: an athlete, obviously you're motivated towards your end goal and taking time off is frustrating. So it's not always the first thought. You're like, oh, I'll see how it is for another couple of days. And, you know, it's not always your first thought to like think about your body and taking care of it in
0: that way. You just want to keep pushing it. And sometimes it's about listening to it. And most of the time I'm like, oh, I just did one session too much on that. I should have just stopped a couple of days ago and it'd been fine. But then I'm always having to take an extra week off or something, which isn't too bad. It's better than having to take like an extra few months off, which is probably what I would have done when I was younger. But it's still annoying. It's just hindsight. You just work it out, do you? But
1: you do. But I think as well physio and sports massage is so expensive that you know in an ideal world athletes would have physio and sports massage probably every week and that would enable you to keep on top of things but I don't know about you but I'm like oh can I push it to like twice a month or can I push physio to just when I really really need it because it is expensive but in hindsight as you were talking about when you're injured you
0: thought oh or maybe I should have yeah, because then you're spending like month. even more money because you're injured and you have to get even more. I think in the past I've done the same. Like I've put it off when I know really I need physio, but I'm like I can't afford it this month. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit of a struggle. But what's been your history with injury? So
1: it's a long story. <laughs> I would say as a younger athlete, I was pretty injury-free. Like I didn't get that many problems. I just had consistency. Um, right up until like probably an under 23. I would have a few niggles and stuff, but nothing that would put me out for a long time. And I think it was probably in 2014 or 15, I started feeling like a problem in my lower back, um, in my glute and in my hamstring. And I I saw so many physios. I saw like seven physios who all told me it was like hamstring tendinopathy or I'd had injections in my back for nerve pain and stuff like this and nothing was actually helping it and then eventually I saw my physio who I'm still with now Chris Brammer who is literally a (laughs) shout out because he's literally a magician and has kept me in one piece after these injuries so yeah and he just knew pretty much straight away like that I had a labral tear in my hip he was like obviously you need to get a scan but he was the first person to mention that to me so I went and got a scan and got the results back and I had a full thickness labral tear, which is like a complete tear of the cartilage in your hip, which I'd been running on for a few years. Oh and probably creating more problems for See, myself. This is
0: what when you told me about it before, I don't even understand how like you can just keep running on that. And this this
1: is also the thing of you run through pain as an athlete and think it's normal when sometimes it is and you push through it and sometimes it's really not. Yeah. So, yeah, it was quite a big surprise to me. But with labral tears, sometimes you can run on them if they're not that bad. But this had been causing me a lot of problems, you know, down my leg and in different parts, like even in my calf, affected the way I run. Lots of different things were happening because of this injury. So, I had to make a decision because cartilage doesn't just mend itself. So, yeah unfortunately, it's something you have to have surgery on if you want to fix it. So I had to make that tough decision, you know, having not really been injured that much before, do
0: I want to have six months out really? Um, Which is like a long time. Yeah. Like you lose pretty much all fitness in that time. Oh yeah. And did I?
1: (laughs) It's been hard. So discussed with my coach and we thought, well, You know, if I still want to try and get five years out of myself or beyond, then I can't just run on this labral tear for that long. And I'd been in a lot of pain, like, aside from sport, like, I I was in pain pretty much all the time, struggling to find a good position to sleep in for years. So, like, I just had to do it for myself and my sport. So um, decided to have the surgery, and it was successful. It took a while to get to grips with how slow I would have to take things, the first few weeks I was on crutches, and then it was walking in the pool, progressing to a high knee in the pool. Oh my gosh. You know, it's just I, stuff
0: like that is so slow and it's just so frustrating. You're yeah. like, I just want to go. And you also get funny looks like <laughs> yeah.
1: everyone else is like popping out a swim session and I'm there doing high knees. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think I remember that actually. I'm sure I set you some swim sessions at you did. one point. You did, and they, they were great. Like, I actually loved swimming in that time and I think I had to and I made myself because I was like this is all I have yeah. for maybe 2 months so I'm really going to like dive into it literally. <laughs> well actually not because those who know me know that I can't
0: dive. Oh yeah. Um but Oh yeah, there's like a really funny Is it like a video of you or something? It's a video. It's like Leah just can't dive because wait, is it you've got a fear of what I've got a fear of sharks. <laughs> and um
1: <laughs> if I I this is quite a long story. I mean, do I even go into it?
0: I mean, you can briefly outline, but you just can't. Di- like, she dives feet first. Yeah,
1: because basically... It's basically, it's a
0: jump that's, like, meant to be a dive. It's a
1: dive from my shoulders upwards in terms of the position of my arms, but it's a bomb on <laughs> from my waist down. Because um, I just feel like I can't go head first with my arms out in front of me and my feet not to hand because I'll just feel like I'm diving straight into a shark's mouth. Like, literally, it won't even, eat, like, bite me. I'll just dive straight into its mouth and dive so into Which is so irrational, but I, like, really get that kind of thought. Yeah, because you just... It's not even in the sea. It's more in the pool. It's so weird. It, it, basically, an irrational fear, but, yeah, it makes me dive really weird. <laughs> just an insight into Leah's mentality there. <laughs> So as soon as I was given the go ahead to start jogging, I probably started jogging too fast. I was just obviously sick of not being able to run and being given the go ahead. I thought this is it now, like I'm going to be injury free and I can just push on. And I think I probably tried to do too much too soon. And about seven or eight months after the surgery, having been running back doing track sessions back doing pretty much everything I was starting to get pains on my left side and it was stopping me doing sessions and long story short eventually I had to stop running and cut my season after three races after all that kind of hard work trying to get back and then found out, had another scan, found out I'd got fraying on my left labrum. So, my, so my not
0: quite the tear, but like pretty much. Not the tear, on the but
1: fraying of it. And also, there was a hip impingement alongside adductor insertion tendinopathy and a pubic bone stress mm-hmm. response. So, I'd probably hammered myself too hard <laughs> and overcompensated to say the least with oh those God. injuries. So, it was just a bit of a nightmare on my left side in that area. So, I had to take time off. We tried to rehab things, but that didn't quite work. I needed the surgery again. It came down to that after about six months of trying not to have surgery again and just get strong. So about a year ago, I had another hip arthroscopy. Arth- arth- <laughs> right. I can never say this. I've had two of them now, but hip arthroscopy. Arthroscopy? I've no idea. Something like that. So, yeah. I had another hip surgery and I'm still on the comeback from that (laughs) a year on. So basically I've had two years of just the comeback queen. Yeah. Let's hope. But it's been it's been tough, but I'm touching mud right now, but hopefully injury free and that'll be the last of my hip problems from this grandma. Also,
0: what I've always found with like injuries like that, like long-term ones, you then always get like niggles as you're coming back, but like worse than you'd usually have them so they just like hamper you come back a little bit and you just yeah. always out with like a minor injury after that and it takes like a good few like niggles before you're actually back into the swing of things again which is annoying yeah completely like i've had an, a
1: little achilles niggle since coming back and then just recently from running in the snow as we were talking about earlier i i got some pain in my hip again and it was actually just an inflamed bursa but obviously as soon as that pain came I was like obviously Bron I've just torn my labrum again um because you just jumped to those conclusions I feel like I've got a bit of a scare with that now but you get
0: like paranoid don't you yeah it's like my history with injuries just I'd say mainly the things that have like kept me out for the most amount of time is stress fractures like I've had nerve stuff before which is kind of what I've got a niggle with now but like it's a very common injury for runners as well, isn't it? Stress fractures. Like, yeah, it's just, so when did I have my first one? I can't even remember. I was maybe like 16, 17, something like that. And that was just because my bone density was so low, like really badly low. And cause I wasn't actually doing that much. That's what confused me. Cause it's all about like stress fractures, people associate with overtraining and stuff like that. But I didn't actually do like a load of training when I was younger so originally because obviously I didn't know my bone density was so low I was just like I don't understand why I've got this and like freaking out that I wouldn't be able to run and stuff like that because people would be like you're overtraining. so that was my first one realized how low my bone density was after a DEXA scan then had to like have loads of calcium vitamin d like eat loads what else did I do I can't even remember but all about like improving my bone density basically When I came to uni, got in the gym. But I think it was just before the summer before I came to uni, got another stress fracture. So that was like two
1: years after my first one. That's when I met you when you were just on the comeback from that stress fracture. I think you met me
0: after the next one. (laughs) I've had three. Oh, you've had three three separate ones.
1: Oh yeah, it'll be the third one. Yeah. So then I think 2017.
0: Yeah. My first one, 2013, second one 2015, third one was like end of 2016 into 2017. But it's annoying because by the time I got to my third one, even the second one, really, I was like, I'm already doing all these things to have a high bone density. Like, it's not like I was being like neglecting my body or overtraining. Like I was eating loads. I was going to the gym because that helps with your bone density, like squats and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I felt like I'd kind of been hard done by because I was a bit like I can see other athletes out there that are getting away with not really treating their bodies that well and not obviously would never wish any like harm on them but it was more I was like I'm doing everything I can and I'm still getting stress fractures but I think it's because your bones take so long to actually catch up and then finally after the last one touch wood my bones is kind of caught up by that point yeah so yeah since then it's not been so bad I'm gonna try booking for another dex scan soon actually just to see how they are but My last one I had, they were normal again. So hopefully that's that's all right. great. But they're so frustrating because, I mean, I guess you kind of will have had this feeling-ish with like a stress response. But I think I had fractures and responses in my feet. And I had one fracture that was like my ankle. So it's all like lower stuff. And you just feel like I'll never be able to put weight on that foot again. Because it's such a weird feeling because it just feels so weak. I don't even know how to explain it but every time you like put your foot on the floor it hurts so much but you can't actually like pinpoint is that is propel the right word like propel yourself up again again. Yeah. yeah I remember having to do like hops and all that kind of stuff and just being like oh my god, my foot's gonna break even though I'd had like six weeks of doing nothing or something but it takes on average probably about three months before you can start like running again so it's not as bad as what you've had in terms of the time off I think it's more just the scare of been like am I bone strong enough to be able to be an athlete because right now I'm not even training that much and I'm still just like breaking it's Um, scary when you think about that isn't it like can my body just even run like it's a scary scary thought and it's so frustrating because it's like without being like really cringe it's like that's what makes you happy that's like as much as I'm Like, I think it's really important to have other things in your life that makes you happy. Ultimately, running is like my favorite thing. Yeah. And like the thought of not being able to do it. And even now, like, I think it has made me a little bit grumpy this week, not being able to do proper sessions and stuff. Um, Well, that brings us
1: kind of round to the, like, how injuries make you feel. And even if you don't realize they kind of really do impact your mental health, don't they?
0: Yeah. You can stay as positive as possible. And it's all about controlling the controllables. I think you're allowed to have a bit of an extra moment. But after that, you kind of do need to just get a grip and put yourself up and get on with it. As savage as that sounds to anyone that is injured right now. But it's true. Like, you can't just wallow and give up, really. You no, I mean, fair enough if you're like, you know what? Sport's not for me. At least you found out. But if sport is for you, like, it is just one of those things that you just need to... Kind of plough on, I say plough on. It's so annoying, but it's true. No, but it's part and parcel of sport, isn't it? It's not something you're very aware of when you get
1: into it. When you're younger, you just think, oh, like I can just run forever. Like nothing's ever going to stop me. You just feel like you can, like keep going. But at yeah. the end of the day, it is part and parcel. I don't know. I actually don't know any athletes who've not dealt with a niggle or an injury. It's it's part of the sport and it's part of playing the game working with your body and helping it help you. But there's going to be times where you need to push it to that line to be as successful as you want to be. And sometimes it's going to say no. Yeah, And you exactly. have to accept it.
0: You need to be like close to the line, but doing everything you can in between like recovering, eating well, like sleeping well, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not getting too stressed that like, not that you can really help that, but there are all things that can affect you. But yeah, in terms of like the impact on you, it's like, well, physically, obviously you're pretty broken and mentally, it's like a load of different feelings, like you're missing doing what you love doing. And then it's also like an anxiety that everyone else is getting better and you're getting worse. You should just be focusing on yourself, but you can't really help it, especially if you're seeing people are out racing, getting loads of great results and you're just like, I'm just getting unfitter by the day. Well, again, it's comparison. I know we've touched on comparison in pretty much every podcast, but
1: with the way social media is, you know about everyone's results. You know what training they're doing that day. Everyone's posting everything, and if you're injured, unless you delete social media and just completely focus on yourself, you're going to compare yourself, aren't you? Even to the times you were running before you're injured, or yeah. how fit you were before. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: am I ever going comparisons gonna get back everywhere? To that? Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's comparing yourself to others and comparing yourself to pre-injury
0: yeah also what I found with my first stress fracture I wanted people to do well but I was like I don't even want to look at the results like it's it's not because I don't want my like teammates to do well but I was like it's just making me feel so shit I know some people that like when they're injured they're so good they'll like turn up to track to help time people's sessions they'll go watch their training partners in races and stuff I was just so bad at that. Like, I've not really had that recently to see if I would change my mind. But when I was younger, I know this is really selfish and it's not nothing against anyone else, but I just, like, it will make me feel so shit to be missing out on all of that. Yeah. And I think it may be sometimes when you're around athletes so much, it
1: pushes you to get back maybe quicker than you should or not take the time you need because you're seeing how well other people are doing and feel like I need to get back on it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you're like... I don't know, you feel yourself getting more unfit, but I think it's like such a mental thing because obviously you shouldn't really feel yourself getting unfit. But But it's a massive... I'd like walk up the
1: stairs and be like, I'm so fit. I know, literally. (laughs) But it gets in your head, doesn't it? And like, I don't know anyone who's not said they've struggled mentally through injury. I mean, myself, like full disclosure, when I got told about my second surgery and the fact that I'd have to go through all of this again, on top of not getting back to a great fitness already from the first surgery, I questioned whether I could do this anymore. I'm not going to lie. Like, it really makes you think, is my body able to carry on have I put it through too much
0: yeah especially with like two long-term injuries like that it is like a long time it's like you weren't even back at your full fitness when it happened again yeah which I guess is kind of at least it happened before you were back at your full fitness but it's such a long time to be out and then having to build up again yeah and I think
1: the biggest thing is day after day you're further away from when you last felt really fit you know when I had my first surgery I was probably coming into the shape of my life and it was a big decision of do I do this for long term or do I just carry on trying to push yeah and And it's so easy
0: to like focus on the short term I'm definitely a believer of looking long term yeah and thinking like I want longevity as an athlete rather than just short term success but short term success at the time is so tempting because when you're right there you're like, oh, I could just do this and I'd like achieve this. Whereas you actually have to like be quite sensible at that point and be like, okay, I need to think long term. Definitely. I think another
1: tough thing is, you know, sport is savage. It's great when it's great and it's quite shit when it's not. And the way sport is, especially athletics, if you're not on your game for maybe a year or so, you do get left behind a little bit. Other people come through. I don't think that athletics, maybe it's just athletics, I don't know about other sports, is set up to really support injured athletes, especially long term injured athletes. They will be questioning themselves as, you know, the more and more maybe they lose a little bit of support or a little bit of belief, it impacts their own self belief. I think it's so important to have self-belief, but it gets tested when you're going for a long-term injury. I think.
0: Me personally, my confidence comes with results. Yeah. So when I'm not getting them, it's just like getting lower and lower by the day. Yeah. And I think in terms of the support, of course it's important to for like governing bodies and stuff like that, to look after the athletes that are doing well and obviously they want medals and that kind of thing. But also you have to think about people as human beings and been like me personally I feel like I almost need the least amount of support when things are going well. Like I'm pretty independent and mentally I don't really need support. But I think in the times I've been injured, that's the, and like when I've seen other people been injured as well, like my training partners, that's when people need the most support. And I think it's actually when people probably get the least. Yeah, completely
1: agree. And I think it's something that does need addressing throughout the sport on how to,
0: I think it's in every spot to be honest like I can't speak for every single spot but like I think it is a trend that when you're out injured people don't really want to know because you're not like the now person
1: I think it's that people want to be associated with success it's everywhere the world's moving so fast at the moment news on the other side of the world we receive like pretty instantly through twitter or something and like it's it's just so easy for people to be left behind so you can understand why it happens but yeah. i think there really needs to be more in place to
0: yeah and i think also it's like people are kind of treated as disposable because there's so many talented athletes like even just in like in terms of gb like it's so competitive every single event pretty much if one person gets injured there's still like five other people that are really good but like, really, that person needs support. They're going to be struggling potentially financially. That's going to have more an effect on their mental health. We actually both watched a documentary called "The Weight of Gold." Yeah, I recommend. I think we both uh, had it illegally downloaded. <laughs> yeah, we won't say
1: how we um, obtained that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but but yeah, it's you a can, really yeah, it's a really watch
0: it. important watch. I think yeah, it's not just on injury; it's on mental health as well it covers like the mental side of sport and also that kind of includes being out injured and not maybe having the support that people needed because it's it's all well and good having a psychologist getting you those fine margins to perform in races and be really confident which is great but what happens when you actually just need a little bit more of rather than like a performance psychologist outlook, you need a bit more of just almost like a therapist, really yeah. just making sure that you're okay. But I think as you get older, and the pressure gets more to stay in the spot and perform and make senior teams and stuff, I can see how it would be really hard And you'd need that extra support. The athletes who spoke in that documentary, a lot of them were speaking
1: retrospectively. So they'd been through it and they had managed to get out the other side. Some didn't. But the fact is they didn't feel at the time they were struggling like they could reach out or that there was anyone that they could reach out to. And it makes you think how many athletes are going through that. You don't know because it's not spoken about enough, I think, the way people might feel when they're injured. Yeah, people just
0: tend to isolate themselves really because you don't want to shit on everyone else's parade basically yeah. like everyone else is having a great time and you don't want to be like just moaning I think it's definitely a really good idea to still socialize with the people you'd usually see like your close yeah. friends because they're the ones that are going to bring you up where you do that is your decision like you might be the same as me not really wanting to go and watch people's trap sessions because it just makes you jealous but like going to their house for tea or that kind of thing is like really important I think obviously you can't right now yeah, yeah and maybe doing
1: pursuing other interests but at the same time just because you're injured it doesn't mean you're going to be training less if there are things you can do be doing like in the gym or cross training and stuff you'll want to be doing that as much as you were kind of training before and trying to you know work towards getting back and being fit and doing your rehab and stuff
0: you can also like find the positives that come with being injured i think like you can as much as it's like not really positive being injured there are positives that come with it. No, but I'm like, the exact same. The amount of time that I've spent off running, I don't really feel like I can't be bothered anymore. Like I'm just like, I'm really lucky to be able to do this. Like with anything that gets taken away from you, like
1: when you get it back, you really appreciate it, don't you? And I think getting to know your body better is another thing. Like I appreciate how far I can push it now. And I appreciate that it can only handle so much or just knowing what's weak and what you need to work on going forward probably for the rest of your career it gives
0: you massive insight into yeah. how but you might works. never have found that out which is like another positive it's you might not have found out that you had that weakness and then you can kind of almost make it into a strength whereas if that injury had never happened and you'd like got away with it you might never have like found that out and worked on it say at the gym or whatever Yeah, and I think another thing is working on your psychology. Like,
1: not many people would have tapped into psychology until maybe they were in this circumstance and found that, oh, maybe I need to invest in a sports psychologist that could really help me in the good times and in the bad times. But on the flip side, I think sometimes with being injured, people, well, athletes believe they have to be mentally tough and sometimes maybe push feelings to one side because... There's this belief that, oh, to be the best, I have to be mentally tough all the time. And it's like you said earlier, that we're all human and there is an off switch to being an athlete. And it's important to address if you're not handling it. Um, But at the same time as well, like going through injury and coming out of it the other side, I think it's something to be proud of. And yeah, it sets you up for either if you go through another injury, which is very possible, or even other things in life, like other hardships that you go through. If you've been to a dark place, say, then knowing that you've come
0: out of it can help dealing with other things, whether that's in sport or out of sport. Yeah. And like practicing patience and that kind of thing, because it is really hard in life to be patient, I think. Uh, I'm still working on patience. Yeah, I'm (laughs) not good at it. I think I'm, yeah, I'm still working on it. But yeah, in terms of that, like, there's there's probably way more positives we've not even thought of as well. But I think if you are injured, as much as it feels all doom and gloom, it's not all doom and gloom, you can find positives from it. Also, we were thinking about embarrassing physio as well Yeah, that we've had. I feel like there's just awkward things at the physio sometimes. But what I find funny is when... So when you've got your head in the hole and you're getting, like, your back cracked or something, so basically like all the air has been pushed out of you and it's like you know when you're at the dentist and they've got like their hands in your mouth and they're trying to talk to you expecting a reply like it's the same kind of thing like all the air has been pushed out of you you've been asked a question and you're like this is really embarrassing like do I wait and pretend I've not even heard the question and answer later or do I just answer like yeah my day (laughs) was good (laughs) yeah like really breathy like yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like you're not expecting when they're going to lift your hand off so you you might be like expecting the breath to come out and then all of a sudden it comes in so you're like (gasps) (laughs) it's so embarrassing I know
1: I think I get pretty embarrassed when I have a sports massage, I don't know why. It must be like the movement of it, like the blood, getting the blood flowing or whatever. But my stomach just always gurgles during it. Oh It yeah. decides, I... It sometimes in <laughs> silence, like sometimes chatting and can chat over it, but sometimes in silence, my stomach will just go. And I'm just wondering whether the sports masseuse can tell if it's definitely my stomach or not you <laughs> yeah know? it's
0: one of those where it's like do you acknowledge it do you yeah. like do you make a point of being like oh i'm sorry that was my tummy yeah or, but it keeps doing it so but it, then like, they're gonna be like uh okay is it that? you're just trying to cover <laughs> it up i know what it really is it's I'm like s- you know when you're watching telly and you've just had your tea or something or you just had a brew and it's like silent apart from what's on the telly. And like, it's just, you can't control it. It's just this massive inward gaggle. Yeah. And it lasts for ages as well. And you're just like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but um,
1: speaking of embarrassing injuries, we did get permission to oh, yeah. um, talk
0: about this. But <laughs> okay. you can tell this story. <laughs> so I messaged Josh to ask about this because, I mean, I knew he'd say, yeah. but This is Josh should, Gofield. Yeah, I should forever. probably, I should probably ask him. Anyway, but basically he was doing a steeple chase. I don't know if it was for the first time or what, but it must have been fairly early in his steeplechase career. But he fell over the barrier and broke both of his elbows. And yeah, so he had two elbows in a sling. And I feel like most people were thinking, like, what's the what's the toilet situation (laughs) there?
1: (laughs) That's your first thought, (laughs) Brian. But That is just savage, you know. What you're trying to do is your best. And you end up finishing the race with two broken elbows and a DNF.
0: (laughs) It's not ideal. But yeah, so I think that brings us on to pos and Neg of the Week. Yes. Who's starting? I think we'll go with your positive of the week. Okay. So my positive of the week is that I am, (laughs) I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I am a pro in Aldi. I don't think there's many that I would class as like adult things that I am would say I'm good at, but I've got Aldi down to a T. I know my exact route as I'm going around, like, well, obviously, <laughs> because there's only one route, but I mean, like, I pick everything up in order off the shelves, so there's no like change in direction. I'm very like efficient. efficient yeah, yeah, I'm very efficient as I go around. Also at the checkout, I know exactly what I'm doing. I feel Where like everyone's like... listening in here because <laughs> I think we all struggle at the <laughs> checkout in Aldi. When... So please do they're share like, on. They're like throwing stuff at you. What happens is I get to the conveyor belt. I order what I'm putting on the belt. So I'll put all the heavy stuff first anything that's going to take up space in the bag i've got two reusable bags because i'm a good person and then at the end it's going to be egg spinach rocket that kind of stuff because they can get really damaged yeah and i know this is boring chat but this is like how thorough i'm in Aldi. so yeah then obviously get to the stage where it's my time to shine (laughs) it's my time to shine
1: (laughs) the cashier is probably thinking yep bring on my next victim who i'm gonna absolutely ruin their day but little do they know (laughs) yeah
0: sometimes actually when i finish all this i i want to like turn around to them and be like we impressed (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so bags on the floor ready to go the stuff comes flying at me don't panic don't get in a flat because that's where things go wrong pick up your hefty stuff put them even spread in the bags and then just even spread everything that you've already packed out onto the conveyor belt. And you'll get a lovely trifle kind of effect of heavy, then kind of medium, malleable things. Ooh, Do you know what I mean? Big word. And then, <laughs> and then top all light stuff that you don't want to get broken. The only thing that I really struggle with is then carrying the bags to my car But I just think at that point, the cashier has so much respect for me that they don't really care how I'm walking away. Um, You've got extra strength and motivation from what you've
1: just achieved.
0: Oh, yeah. And every single time I get in the car and I'm like, God, I'm good at that. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) I love that you describe it as a trifle effect as
1: well. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only type of trifle I'll be tucking into. I'm not that big on
0: trifle. But yeah, so what's your negative of the week to finish this off? It's been quite a long one. Well, I mean... I always hate complaining, obviously, but... Mm
1: -hmm. um, Not today. Recently. (laughs) (laughs) I've not been on Best Form today, I think we can say, before this podcast. (laughs) But um, recently, you know, December's always MOT month for me. I know it's looming, you know, start thinking about it September. Oh, gosh, because it's failed my car for the last two to three years. It's failed its MOT. I'm thinking another fail incoming. I've always having to pay a couple of hundred quid or something. Anyway, I usually go to a garage back home who kind of know the family, trust them. They do a really good job and they don't charge me an absolute arm and a leg for when I obviously fail my MOT every time because my car, it's done a million miles. It's literally on its last legs, poor Polly, but I'm keeping her going. Anyway, this year, because of lockdown and everything, had to go to a local place. The only people who could fit me in, because I've left it to the last minute as per, is Quick Fit on Kirkstall Road. And yes, I'm calling it out <laughs> this week. Um, no. Anyway, they do the MOT, get it done in 45 minutes, which I think is quite quick, usually. It's a bit yeah, longer, isn't it? Is quick. So I thought, oh, have you done a thorough job? Go to pick it up, and they tell me it's failed, which obviously I'm expecting, and I expect about 100 quid of damage. And they're like... And it will be £548 for us to repair just the essential things. And they say it to you as though it's just like, yeah, just pop card in machine, just hand over £548. <laughs> you know, I was in my bobble hat, my gloves, <laughs> my big brown coat, probably some trackies. And I think they probably expected me to know nothing about cars and not know about what the M.O.T. says. I mean, to be fair, most of us don't really. And yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, don't know the ins and outs.
0: Um, I pride myself on the little things like I can I can put oil in it. I can jumpstart it. But when it comes down to it, I don't really know what's going on. No, right, under that bonnet. exactly. And so
1: he said, you can bring it back on Monday, you can take it home today and bring it back and I'll fix it then. So I tried to drive it away. But Polly being Polly, the windows wouldn't wind up. She's just so old. <laughs> and so I actually had to leave it in the garage because I couldn't just drive it home with the windows down. <laughs> Those who know about my windows know it's painful. <laughs> In the summer, it gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can't bind them down and up. So yeah, I then called my dad when I got home. I said, oh, it's going to cost me 548 pounds. Like, is that about right? Like, these are the changes that need making. And he said, let me talk to the boys down the road. Anyway, long story short, I actually drove my car over to this other garage, got the boys to check it out. They said that none of what they were to charge me was actually essential and that actually they completely missed that my tires were illegal so um <laughs> Good they Good they job, said it's, a, it was well driven which I, I, I quite liked well driven to get home because it was quite dangerous on these tires oh um, that's a first for you as yeah well. <laughs> the best driver. Um, but anyway long story short i've said about three times so I am coming to the close now. Yeah. Um, long story long. <laughs> long story long. Uh, they said it's going to be £120 for the, and that's including another MOT. So Quick Fit were about to charge me £548 for things that didn't need doing to my car. Very and lucky I just, you got um, out of that as well. Yeah, but I just think, I'm really frustrated. I don't know if it's because I looked like I didn't know anything about cars that I felt they could do that or whether they're just scamming everyone who goes there. Anyway, I think that'll bring this longer podcast to a close. I feel we've had a lot to say on injuries, but I hope you all enjoyed. Yeah, hope you enjoyed. Hope that helped anyone
0: that was injured as well.
1: Remember to follow us on at Track double underscore pod on Instagram for updates of when we release new episodes. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, remember to leave a review or leave us some stars, only five, please. Yeah,
0: only (laughs) we're going to say, like, if you're really enjoying it, leave five stars and a positive review. If you're not so much, just don't bother. It's fine.
1: (laughs) All right, until next week, guys. Bye. Bye.